My name is Erin Patrice Rooney. Today is October 26, yes. 2018, and mm -hmm. I'm here with Genesis, Genesis Baez, Baez mm -hmm. at the Brooklyn branch of Grand Army Plaza Library mm -hmm. for the climate change included in the Our Streets, Our Stories project mm -hmm. at the Brooklyn Public Library. Thank you, Erin. Okay. So where were you born? August 9, 1963. Mm -hmm. And the location? Richmond County, also known as Staten Island, New mm -hmm. York. In New York. And have you lived in New York your whole life? I've lived not my whole life in New York. I've uh, lived in Germany for a while. Mm -hmm. And I lived in, this is going way back. Well, I lived in Germany two times. Mm -hmm. In Dusseldorf mm -hmm. and in Essen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've also studied in London, mm -hmm. UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what brought you back to New York? Well, I had a daughter, uh -huh. um, so that was significant, but she okay. stayed with her French dad while I mm -hmm. went abroad to study at Sotheby's, a train with Sotheby's, oh, sure. um, worked in restaurants, and then mm -hmm. um, eventually went to Columbia University, mm -hmm. and then graduated at the top of my class in the mm -hmm. German Studies Department, and then went on for my master's degree, So we're all expected to do. So mm -hmm. that was MBA, mm -hmm. also in New York. Awesome, awesome, and you've been living here ever since. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, now I'm in Brooklyn, so mm -hmm. I associate New York with Manhattan. Yeah. So yeah, I lived yeah. in Greenwich Village for over 20 years yeah. and divorced parents between Staten Island and Greenwich Village. Mm -hmm. So back and forth on the Staten Island Ferry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, have there been any um, events related to nature or to climate change that have um, directly impacted you in a significant way that you'd like to share? Well, Having been born on Staten Island, mm -hmm. uh, all over the media was the hurricane. I think it was, if I'm remembering correctly, Katrina. Mm -hmm. So a lot of trees on Staten Island, and it's very coastal, right? Mm -hmm. So I was born there, so I felt compelled to go back and help mm -hmm. clean up the twigs, rake the leaves, plant some new flowers, and did so of my own volition while attending to homeless women mm -hmm. in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. but. There was no subway, if you can remember, to the Staten Island Ferry. So somehow I got there. I think we had to get off at Chamber Street and then just yeah. walk it. Is this in 2012? The um, Sandy? Sandy, and then there was Katrina. So Katrina. 2008, 2012, perhaps, I'm remembering. Yeah. Wow. So it wasn't easy to get. It's never easy to get to Staten Island, actually, sure, sure. <laughs> and get back. Right. to wherever um, from whence you've come. Absolutely. But they, they get a bit out there because nobody pays attention to them. Mm. My, my late mother was an attorney and she used to call Staten Island this godforsaken island mm. because it just comes in last after right. the other four boroughs. Right, 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 right. Flooded houses and decimated parks and like that. It was sad. And do you feel, did you experience things like that when you lived there? The only thing I remember about Staten Island is I wanted to get out. So after yeah. a very prestigious all-girls school, yeah. uh, I went to Brooklyn Tech, yeah. which was one of the top three at the time. It was Stuyvesant, Bronx School of Science, and Brooklyn Tech. Mm -hmm. But that was a hoof. That was, it's freezing on Staten Island. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to walk down. It's very hilly. Mm -hmm. It's very icy during the winter, very snowy. And uh, you wait for a bus, which are mm -hmm. packed. So the, the, a lot of gypsy cabs started their own businesses, would just give me a buck and I'll get you to the ferry. Right. Then you have to take the ferry, which is often late, right. doesn't run on time. 
then you have to get off the ferry, and then you have to get a bus or a subway or both. So it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. It's it's property taxes are very different. People think mm -hmm. it's ecumenical mm -hmm. that every borough has the same property taxes, mm -hmm. but that's not that's not correct. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to live on Staten Island, especially if you're raising a family mm -hmm. and you need a car. If you don't have a car in Staten Island and are not living across the street from the Staten Island Ferry, forget about it. You're probably in a housing project mm -hmm. where you're not allowed to have a car in most cases because mm -hmm. you're on public assistance. Right. So you, you're supposed to be able to, to afford food, right. diapers, and even then you probably pick them up. You don't pay for them. Right. 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 Yeah, a lot of homeless are, are in lower income are housed on Staten Island. Mm -hmm. And do you feel... Do you remember weather events like the ones that you described happening when you were when you were younger and you lived there? Like weather? Yeah. It snowed a lot, but I was little, yeah. right? But yeah. and one time I, I fell back in the in the um um the driver mm -hmm. way to the to the back garage, mm -hmm. which most people on Staten Island have. They have a garage, mm -hmm. and nobody found me. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I couldn't oh get goodness. up. That's so scary. <laughs> but it was uh, bright and sunny, sure. and it was fun. We always had, we had sleds. Mm -hmm. And like I say, it's very hilly. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, you built, you built a snowman. You, you brought the carrot out, and, you know, mm -hmm. some you found some rocks or something. And, it, and you put the scarf around the snow person. You know, it's like, but it, now I say so, snow person. It was snowman yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you went in for, like, hot cocoa. Wow. It was a beautiful uh, childhood. Mm -hmm. But then it got bad because um, the crime went up. Like I say, a lot of people in housing projects, so mm -hmm. the house was robbed all the time. My mom had to get a um, alarm. Mm -hmm. As I said, next time it might be, they might set the house on fire or, mm -hmm. I mean her neighbor, next door neighbor who lives in the Belle of the Block, this is Marion Avenue. She said, Marjorie, are you aware that there's a person on a ladder up on the way into your second story bathroom? Yeah, so I mean, just completely brazen. Yeah, it just it just peaked and went went right down. Yeah, I don't miss it at all. Yeah, yeah. And do you so do you remember storms like like uh, like Sandy and Katrina? From Brooklyn, I do. Yeah. And I was very worried because my mother had lived on a hill, a steep hill. Staten Island very hilly. The highest point on the eastern seacoast is Toad Hill. That's where like the mafia live. It's very quiet extremely safe, very clean, um, but, but very, that's where my mother is buried, on Toad Hill, at Moravian Cemetery. And I went back to see the cemetery, and it was an absolute wreck. So we did a lot of trees, surrounded by Boy Scout-owned um, um, property. So you can't touch that. And so a lot of trees just spilling all about. This one got really, it got really bad over at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, and this little car, park next to uh, this library, little park, Mm -hmm. Not Prospect Park, but this mm -hmm. one over here. Mm -hmm. Just, it was amazing. Trees uprooted, and mm -hmm. I mean, it's still there in this little park. Gigantic tree with all of the roots mm -hmm. just on its side. Yeah, could you describe a little bit more um, when you were, um, uh, describe more about your experience working with the women at the shelter after the storms happened? And um, yeah, talk. Yeah. Well, most of these women, in my experience, and also Park Slope Women's Shelter, um, and one way up in the Bronx, uh, which is what's called an assessment shelter, are so insulated, literally, they are impervious to anything going on in the world about them. No reading of newspapers, 
the if if there is a TV that hasn't been broken and smashed in, it's the soap operas. Staff takes no responsibility for educating and bringing up to date what's going on in the world. It's a real pity. Um, so nobody really knew. They just knew that they were inside. You know, what's the big deal? Knew nothing about hurricanes, knew nothing about climate change, knew nothing about global warming, and no reason to. If it doesn't affect them and their food stamps, but it did affect like food distribution, trucks getting back into the city and so forth. The, the staff doesn't care and the, what they're, they're called residents don't care. As long as they have their three meals a day, which is what you're guaranteed uh, for in what's called permanent shelter or assessment shelter. So as long as you get your junky food, that's fine with me. And these are usually armories, so they're very resilient to you know, gale winds and, and so forth. No idea that the city had broken down, that there was no subway. See, in homeless shelter, you have to make appointments all the time. But you wouldn't know that programs have been suspended if you weren't taught by the staff, given newspapers. And let's not assume everybody can read and read in English. So I'm, I call into Channel 1 News all the time. This has got to be addressed. And here come new elections, midterm elections, and so forth. This has got to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So I knew about it. but And I was trying to import and disseminate information, but it, right over the head. It, you mean the storm, or do you mean like? Stay in sign, safety, yeah. but not, not the big picture, because sure. that's just too much. Sure, that's like just too much. But now, I date somebody who's Mr. Climate Change. He writes about it every morning. He checks maps every morning. He's a geologist by trade. He volunteers here every Wednesday evening with helping people with resumes. He's retired. Um, he's a runner, marathon runner. So he, he sees a lot, talks a lot in his echelon. Um, and he's furious, and I can't speak for him, but uh, his name is Conrad Welsh uh, from Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, he, uh, he's furious that nobody's catching on, which has an effect on me. Because I wake up to it, and I go to sleep with it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, which is what I eat. Do you know where that's come from? Do you know what the political situation is in that country? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just want to, I don't need Twinkies, but I just want a Twinkie. <laughs> you can have a Twinkie. <laughs> you know, all this comes in plastic. Do you know yeah. where plastic comes from? You know, it's like enough is enough. Like, my dad, you know, I'm, no. Right. You know, so it's like, yeah, we. Can, I mean, yes, it's important to let's cut down on the plastic. We could, but, you know, but I think that we're not. It's not all up to, like the like other people. Well, that's the trend do. is that government doesn't tell us what to do. And mm -hmm. now I'm not here to. And I, I go down to the dweck and I stand up and I say I am not anti Donald Trump. He is what he is. And I'm not going to hop on the bandwagon to rush Limbaugh too to deny climate change, and you know it's it's slow to change that le learning curve. Now, is, if you're president of the United States and you back out of this accord and that agreement, you know that's it's a little upsetting. At least communicate because it seems like something's going on. <laughs> I mean, you cannot refute the science. 
And I think that's what you know upsets Conrad so much, which upsets me. Is here's the science. Is it what is it? Fake news? Is it you know um, faux data? Um, well, I'm not a scientist, but I can I can see it. I can feel it. I'm 55, so I, I feel the the warmth. I can see that my wardrobe is changing. I have a, a marvelous collection of fur coats. I'm probably not even going to wear them. Tomorrow's supposed to be a little chilly. Now, anti-fur and all of that, but, um, uh, but I'm, I'm dressing. I mean, I've seen people wearing shorts and flip-flops in the middle of uh, the winter after a snowstorm. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. it yeah, seems. You know, people skiing in bikini tops and, uh, you know, well, you're a lot closer to the sun. But, you know, my skin, I get sunburn in a, two shakes of a lamb's tail. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm getting a tan once it calms down um, mm -hmm. two days later in February. Wow. I'm not supposed to take the sun, color of my eyes, freckles, mm -hmm. hair color, right. which is natural. Right. I'm supposed to switch to the other side of the street when the sun is shining. That's how, and that was years ago that my dermatologist recommended that. Wow. So now I have like all sorts of creams and ointments just to protect. How do, it, it's a real pain because you feel so, I feel so oily. And yeah. Well, actually, that was another question that I've been asking some folks. Like, um, if you feel like you'd like to share how um, it's impacting your body or like how do you feel these changes, which I think to a lot of people, unfortunately, feel that climate change is such an abstract thing that doesn't impact them. And then we speak to other folks who are like, no, I feel that in my body, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening to my body because of climate change induced circumstances. So is there anything, I mean, that's, um, you know, unfortunate, but um, poignant what you're telling me about, you know, your sensitivity to the sun and um, right. You, yeah. Can you speak more? To well, that? I, regardless of climate change, global warming, I think I'd still have a sensitivity to the sun. The sun is the sun. The sun does its sun thing. Um, am I a skeptic? Yes. Do I? Because of the hysteria. Um, I'm not going to pay 14% more for a grapefruit. I'm, I'm just going to buy a grapefruit. I'm just not that punctilious. Um, I think that hysterics are hysterical to begin with. They're hysterical about everything. Um, I'm not going to tie into it. I'm not going to go down that road. It's too tiresome. I'm doing fine. I've probably never felt better at 55 years of age than I have ever. I've never gained weight. Um, my hearing is good. My eyesight is good. I do wear reading glasses, but I'm 55 and I read a ton. So um, that's me. Mm -hmm. But I understand that other people are of other volition and I'm willing to listen, but I sense a, a level of hysteria, of hysterics. Mm -hmm. uh, the world is going to end tomorrow. The oceans are uh, rising. The icebergs are melting. Where do you think the hysteria comes from? Um, inbred, you know, you don't know who somebody's family is. You just don't know what their educational background is. Um, the media is very hyper, and that's that's the problem I'm having these days. Why is everybody listening to the media? Why aren't they listening to themselves? Assess the situation, be very scientific about it, and come to your own conclusion. Why do you need what, you know, Megyn Kelly says? Why do you need what Tom, you know, he's not there around, but uh, let's see, that's uh, who's a news person? What's the guy's name? Channel Gloff? Interesting last name. Channel 2, CBS News Tonight. And, um, you know, the, the, what the media says, I like The Economist magazine. I think it's fair and balanced. 
And I like a lot of magazines, so I can form my own decisions, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. But the media does not tell me what to do, what to think, how to dress, what creams to wear, or anything else. I have a brain, and I like to use it. Mm. Do you feel like there's a difference between urgency and hysteria? Urgency and hysteria, hysteria is not based on fact. It's based on rumor, innuendo, and fright. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think there's, there's, there's a difference. And it's tapping, it's too cheap, it's too easy. It's infectious. It, go, it spreads rapidly. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for the press these days to, to, uh, to start that. Mm -hmm. And how do you stop it? It's a runaway train. Mm -hmm. That's why I think, you know, take, take a, a minute back. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's everything from how, how green is your lawn mm -hmm. to what, what shampoo you're using. And then, you, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this co-op down here in Brooklyn. No, I'm not from here. There's a difference between going to Whole Foods, going to Food Town, and going to this co-op, mm. where everybody, in my opinion, is a hysteric. You're supposed to be a member. You have to work there a couple hours a month, and, uh, and you get amazing amounts of discount. But is that worth it? Because I feel like when the shopping carts are this big, <laughs> it's real quiet. <laughs> Everybody's sniffing <laughs> and putting it back. <laughs> Nothing's good enough, and it seemed very angry. I've compared supermarket uh, population to supermarket population. Mm. Where you zip in for a Snickers, <laughs> or you've got to understand every single ingredient that goes into your carrot bar, right? right. There's a difference in customers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say start there if you really want to um, go, go for this uh, climate change um, differential. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I won't yeah, shop yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and I'm not. I, I don't mind lifting boxes, good for the body and, and all that. A friend, Conrad, joined, and he was screamed and yelled at, "You're not moving quickly enough!" Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I said, you do, "You're doing this the same four dollars on organic eggs. You yeah. don't need to be screamed at." Yeah, no, not at all. That's yeah, that's not appropriate. Uh, what about um, emergency though? It seems like hysteria isn't always productive, but. Um, you know, do you feel like people need to be more urgent in terms of responding to climate change or even people in, in power, you know, who have you know, more of an a direct impact? Well, I was just reading an article, I'm not sure if it was in The Economist today, where um, people are being urged to stockpile. It might have been Israel. Stockpile goods. You never know what's coming. Now, Israel is Israel has different circumstances. But we go back to, like, the, the Second World War and underground silos and, you know, which came to no fruition. The world is going to end tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Do I think you should have water, clean water on hand? Yes. Just for all sorts of reasons. Um, I'm worried about people in hospitals with these hurricanes and, you know, they're on dialysis and what, what's, the, what's the backup plan? What, what's the emergency plan? I've, I worry about my fellow citizen. I worry about my seniors. Mm -hmm. um, should you have some canned goods? Uh, should you have a can opener? Mm -hmm. Should we check in on each other? I mean, these floods are major. Can you imagine your whole house is underwater and you don't even have any insurance and you're, even if you rebuild, you're likely not to, you know, have any insurance. There's got to be a plan. I'm missing a plan. Also, you know, if you're living in the bayou, maybe it's time to move inland. Mm -hmm. yeah. The sun is brighter. The sun does its sun things, and it melts water and increases sea level. Mm -hmm. So if you're living at sea level or below sea level, 
you know, where's the nation state in this? Where's the plan? Why isn't the Red Cross working with the presidencies, this, that, the other? I don't like to see these people, you know, in canoes and their dog is in the back if they still have their dog. I don't like to see that. Where do you go from there? No job, no car. And when it says evacuate, get out, but where are you supposed to go? Yeah, exactly. How are you supposed to get there? We see it on the news, right? Everybody's queued up and there's no emergency plan. There's no exit plan. And it's, I've seen it at, um, at Franklin at the armory after, I think, Katrina. Um, people sleeping on, on the armory floor, babies. Um, I tried to help. I was screamed at. Uh, there was an obese gentleman. They put him in front of uh, the bathrooms. We've all heard about the bathrooms. You know, they move these people into stadiums, right? There's no plan for sanitation. There's no plan for toilet paper. There's no plan for laundry. There's no plan. And I think that's what, what is part of this confusion and frustration. And it's all a taxpayer expense. Mm -hmm. When you hit the American taxpayer in the, in the, in the pocketbook, mm -hmm. billions. But that doesn't really seem to be chiseling away at anything, because it's not going to happen to me. Right. Here we well, are in Brooklyn, <laughs> you know. But how far? My friend keeps talking about Brooklyn. We're surrounded by water, right? So um, not pretty. There's got to be a plan. That's where leadership comes in. What's your plan? Instead of squabbling at each other. You see these commercials these days? He did this sort of with underage sex and, and you know, like that's, I, you know, par for the course. Tell me what the plan is. What's the, are we going to make some money? Are we going to, the job market is very tight. So that bodes well for the president, especially for the young and the elderly. You know, nobody focuses uh, on the positive, it seems, these days. It's all dire straits. It's all you pick up the times on, under the, 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 or over the top fold, disaster. You know, the press plays an amazing um, piece of this puzzle in here. And I'm sick of it. I'm wised up to them. Where's the good news? I don't expect happy, happy, joy, joy every day. But disaster, frustration, and screaming at the president, I don't think is the answer. Where's the citizenry? So plenty, of, I just told somebody off uh, the other day in, in the library, I had had it, and I'm, I consider myself a very polite person, but I turned to him with the mic, and when you have the mic, it's your turn to speak. And I looked at him in the door jam, and boy, did he get it. You just never know who anybody is. So I put him in his place, he was far older than I, but uh, if, unless you have solutions, zip block throw away the key i don't have solutions but i will admit i don't have solutions i'm looking for solutions and i will support those who do have solutions any way that i can just give it to me let me read it let me see talk about it is there climate change what's what has there been not are the dinosaurs still alive yes there is climate change <laughs> right there is global warming we haven't been hit by a giant meteorite. Maybe you look at the brighter side. <laughs> so I don't know what you've been hearing today. I, I hope you're getting an earful. Yeah, I know. There's a spectrum. I consider myself a Darwinist, optimist, realist in that order. And that's why I'm here today, to chit-chat. Mm -hmm. See, you know, hopefully I'm helping you. Mm -hmm. but, um, and you're helping me by engaging in a dialogue. Um, but it, it's uh, unless somebody takes a firm. I miss like Ralph Nader. I don't know where he's been. 
um, started his own magazine, you know, really went the extra yard. Um, but it's all screech mm -hmm. with these politicians. Mm -hmm. Is global warming and climate change, if there is such a thing, um, to be so politicized that we all have to listen to it and, um, and see them go at it? At, all they want is points. They, but I think Donald Trump has recently, in the last year or so, at least mentioned climate change. At <laughs> least mentioned like, spoke it, spoke the, word the words. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm trying to get behind the eight ball here why he is so anti. Uh, I guess he's saying prove it. And of course, he's in big industry, big pharma is all on, over the news today, and um, his voting base and so forth. But the proof is in the pudding. I mean, something obviously is going on. It's not, nobody's doing this to themselves. Right. Houses falling off cliffs, right. you know, boats up on the, you know, on the, on the sand 40 feet in and so forth. All right. Yeah. Well, that's my like two cents. Yes, I appreciate it. Anything else you'd like to share? Well, keep up the good work, you know. 